Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty, and apparently my cat, Maya, tonight. So if you hear any extra meows and purrs, I swear it's not coming from me. (laughs) Oh, and I think it's crazy that this is our sixth month of recording. Time has flown by. It's also been a few weeks since we had a one-on-one chat about cyberpunk, and even longer since we've done an episode like this. What do you think about six months, dude? It's like longer than half my high school boyfriends. What the fuck? I was a serial dater back in the day. No, I was just like, it's already been six months. What the fuck? Yeah, we started in September. All right, then. Yeah. All right. But before we get to our topic, I have a scream sheet that will probably make everyone want to scream in outrage. Back in the China episode, I talked about an, an insane jail in the United States. After further research, it was way worse than I thought. But also, good to know it has been shut down and a new sheriff runs the much more humane prison. So back in the day, it was an open-air prison in the middle of an Arizona desert, where temperatures could be 120 to 130 degrees Fahrenheit, or 48 to 54 degrees Celsius. That's fucking insane. 
the sheriff was also convicted of racially profiling criminals. Male inmates were issued pink underwear to wear underneath their jumpsuits to, quote, humiliate the boys by wearing pink panties. Barf. He also created the first female Chang gang in the world. And it gets so much worse for the women. A Justice Department report said that Latina detainees were denied basic sanitary items and were forced to remain with sheets or pants soiled from menstruation because laundry was only once a week. Or they were put into solitary confinement for extended periods of time because of their inability to understand English and therefore couldn't follow commands. I will let you rage here in a moment, Toasty. Because when I tell you that the sheriff was pardoned for all of his crimes by one Donald Trump. I have broken Toasty in a new way. Uh, uh, it may be just because I'm like tired or something, but uh, it's not even like, it's just sad. Yeah. It's, at this point, it's just sad. Like. I am very thankful that this place was shut down and now there's a, a new sheriff in town um, who did get rid of a lot of these, like, legit torture crimes. I mean, humiliation. Uh, it, like, don't do that. I mean, we have laws against cruel and unusual punishment for a reason. And this stuff was just absolutely horrendous. Um, but I will link the new the New York Times article that I got a lot of this information from um, in the show notes, so you guys can read about it too, if you want to learn more. But I do know one woman who absolutely would not have put up with any of that bullshit, and would have straight up murked this dude's ass. And that is who we are discussing today. Toasty, why don't you tell us about a Matrix Master, a woman made of ones and zeros, a woman who gives us an alternate option. You just had to, you just had to, didn't you? I mean, I guess it's fair. I put the title as one, so I mean, I guess it's fair. <laughs> so, um, gosh um, it was bad i know but i had to come on fair enough so uh, uh altiera cunningham better known as alt was the best netrunner in night city during the 2000s and 2010s uh described as a beautiful and talented woman she worked for the ITS Corporation, um, which I Googled and apparently like that is a cyberpunk corporation that's has like zero information on it. But like there's also ITS corporations in real life. So um, mm. it's, I think it's like most of them are just like um, like tech service. Yeah. essentially ITS um, information technology services yeah um, so I imagine it's the same thing considering um 
what we know to be Alt's particular skill set. Uh, so she worked for the ITS Corporation and was the developer of the infamous Soul Killer program. Uh, and she was also the girlfriend of famous rocker boy Johnny Silverhand. Uh, her whole life changed, however, when she was kidnapped by the Arasaka Corporation, who used her to create a version of the program for them and later made her the program's first victim. Now her consciousness exists only as a digital ghost in the net. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a, a bit of downsides to being that intelligent um, and developing really powerful, uh, unique programs. Uh, yeah. A lot of people want them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a lot of people will do a lot of really bad things to get it. Mm-hmm. So, Alt's early life. She was one of those rare geniuses who could not only run the net, but also create new concepts and code, making her not just your typical netrunner, but one of the best programmers in the world. Like many others during her age, Cunningham spent money to upgrade her body, enhancing her beauty with the best European body sculpting money could buy. But she also bought the neural processors and interface plugs needed to navigate the net. And a golden cyber arm with a hidden compartment specifically designed to hold a federated arms x-22 pistol it's my girl so we have a silver hand a black hand and now a golden hand which is interesting because in the game her hand is not gold it's white it's like her is it white or is it skin like it doesn't no, look it's like... white. It's like it's like that, like um, almost ceramic looking. Yeah, or... it kind of looks like the 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 plastic cover thing, like how a lot of people have or whatever. But it's like white, um, and like because it's kind of like it kind of looks. It's like it's made of like a white like like material, but then it's also got like the segments or whatever. But it's not gold. I maybe there's like gold like. I don't know, like designs or something on it that I didn't see, but like it very specifically, I was watching that today and there's like a part where like Johnny holds her hand and it is a white cyber hand. Um, but I mean, it is like one of those, like really like looks like those really high dollar, like fashion wear things where it's like, like made to look like something super like fancy. But I mean, there has been some, but we can tell just from looking at it too, and on the point of her appearance, um, there's been like there's some very distinct differences, I think, between like her 2020 representation and then kind of what we see like in 2077, because like some of the pictures I saw, she kind of like, uh, they were it kind of like the pictures look like made it look like she was like a pinup model, mm. um. And she's definitely like very like as as is like the 2020 style was very like 80s out with kind of like the big hair and like the fucking like leotard thing or whatever. But like we see in 2077, like her her design is much more like practical, I'd say just kind of like, uh, you know, I think she's like wearing like jeans and a shirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh yeah, they did like try to change things around, which, I mean, probably for the better. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, shortly after the Pacifica region of the net was formed, Cunningham would run the region with Rach Bartmoss, later calling these times her best net running memories. Cunningham was famed for her skills at seeing software development on a different level. Due to her abilities, she was poached by the mysterious ITS Corporation. During her employment, she began development on a revolutionary human AI transfer program and continuously invested in neural processing cyberware to augment her net running skills. During this time, she met Johnny Silverhand and the two entered into a relationship. Fascinated by the development of artificial intelligence, Cunningham made a breakthrough in 2013 with the transfer and containment of intelligence, both AI and the human mind. The unnamed program was able to transfer the user's mind into the net and explore independent of their existing body. Her employer, ITS, capitalized on the breakthrough and developed it further into a weapon known as the Soul Killer. A weapon that imprisoned instead of transferring personalities. On April 15th, 2013, while leaving a concert with Johnny, which we see in a 2077 flashback, she was kidnapped by gangsters and Silverhand was left for dead. The kidnappers were hired by Toshiro Harada, who wanted Cunningham to recreate the program for Arasaka Corporation. While captive, she rebuilt the software from memory. That's intense. But fearing Arasaka testing it on her, she built a failsafe to ensure that she could make her escape. And real world moment here. I found it interesting that they put the exact date of her death and so I wanted to research it and something major did happen on that day for Americans on April 15th of 2013 three lives were lost 17 people lost limbs and approximately 260 more were injured during the bombing of the Boston Marathon I remember when that happened. It was intense. I remember hearing about it. That's for sure. But I was still a fucking teenager. So yeah, I never really registered stuff like that on the same level. Granted, I'm fucking uh, toasty's a, uh, uh an asshole with a lack of empathy. So a lot of the times that stuff doesn't register the same for me, but I wonder, I think I wonder for that. If, uh, if that was a, uh, I'll have to look up just to see specifically, um, if that part of it was from, if they put that information specifically in 2077 post that, or if that's Mm. just like some some strange coincidence because if that date was determined in like the older editions, these would have been, those would have been out before this. And it would have been, that's just be really strange that that turned out that way. So. Yeah. I, when I was looking it up, I think this came from 2020, which was written back in the nineties. 
Yeah. Uh, so it could have just been a That's random date. Yeah, I guess so. It's interesting that things line up like that, though. Having survived his injuries, a team led by Johnny Silverhand started a riot at the Arasaka Tower with his legion of fans. Fearing the worst, Harada used the software on Cunningham, but before he was successful, she used the Arasaka mainframe to fend off the attack, killing the Arasaka Netrunner team and incapacitating Harada's bodyguard, Akira. Fucking badass bitch right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Silverhand detonated an explosive charge, which gave Harada the chance to disconnect Cunningham from her body. Silverhand killed Harada and disconnected Cunningham from the Arasaka mainframe, killing her in the process. Silverhand left with her lifeless body, unknowingly leaving her digital form behind. Not long after, her digital personality contacted Silverhand, telling him she was in Arasaka Tower and not to come after her. That moment when you think you're doing the right thing. And you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, he's not a net runner. How's he supposed to know about these things? But like, yeah, I mean, I think mechanically speaking, like Cyberpunk Red, if you disconnect someone from the net, like unsafely, you know, like he did or whatever, you get attacked by uh, every instance of black ice there is, um, which can be extremely deadly so yeah like any any black eyes that is protecting their net like net uh levels or whatever i don't know i can't remember exactly how they but yeah they just all get a chance to just hit you for free you can't do anything about it so you know depending on how much is there which this is our saka there's yeah. gonna be a fuck ton so yeah and i mean even thinking it like removing the whole cyberpunk aspect from it, it would be like randomly unplugging a computer while you're in the middle of processing stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you can come back and try to turn that computer back on and it's going to blue screen on you because you done messed up and flip off the power without going through the correct processes. Yep. All right. So moving forward up until the 2020s, uh, in 21... During the Fourth Corporate War, Alt's digital ghost was contacted by Militech, who asked for her help in destroying the Soul Killer 2.0. She agreed with the hopes of taking revenge on Arasaka, and she convinced Rach Bartmoss to help her in the effort. She was later captured by Arasaka, who forced her to develop the Soul Killer 3. In 2023, Militech deployed an attack on Arasaka Tower with Loverboy Johnny leading one of the teams with the hopes of resurrect of rescuing Cunningham. After infiltrating the building, she was contacted by Spider Murphy, who informed her of Bart Moss's death before downloading her into a memory core. During the conversation, Alt gave Spider a piece of the Soul Killer to use if needed. Later, however, after the team got ambushed by Adam Smasher and the two squads of Arasaka troopers, Cunningham was scattered into the net by Spider with hopes of retrieving her someday. 
2045, the time of the red, uh, in the years following the Fourth Corporate War, Cunningham set up a digital haven for the other victims of Soul Killer. It was rumored to be hidden on a server somewhere in Night City or in the Great White North of Canada. But after the bio plague wiped out the population, Ghost World, as it was known, was established in the ruins of Hong Kong. Which we, we mentioned, you know, briefly in the the China episode that they have like she has like this whole um kind of civilization set. Well, it was her stronghold. Those it was referred to. Um mm-hmm. and this answered my questions actually whenever we were talking about on the the last episode, I think when we were talking about um what was it? Or was it the Patreon chat? We were talking about any event or locations or something. Yeah. I mentioned wanting to see what was beyond the black hole. This kind of answered that question for me, actually. Um, yeah. She kind of has this whole like civilization set up for these. Um, and this is actually a, a specific part that I found in the, the cyberpunk red core book um, that I pulled from about this um, about something called SPIs or soul killed pseudo intellects or AIs that were originally actual people, but have had their consciousness digitized and now exist only on computers in the net. The process is often not voluntary. Soul killer programs produce this type of AI. Otherwise indistinguishable from symbolic analysis AIs these ghosts were created in huge numbers as Arasaka put its infamous soul killer program to work targeting enemies and rivals alike. The majority of these SPIs have gathered in sanctuaries around deserted mainframes and city systems abandoned by corporations, or as in the case of a number of bioplague attacked cities along the Asian rim, totally abandoned cities such as Hong Kong. Most of these ghosts just want a safe place to live. Rumor has it that Alt Cunningham, the creator of Soul Killer and a digital ghost herself, has created a number of ghost towns in hidden places all over the remains of the old net. They pretty much want to be left alone. Okay. So maybe this is just me having struggling to understand the concept of this. Why does the real world population matter if they exist solely on the net? Like, why do you have to be in a city that's like around a deserted mainframe? Or why can't they still live in Canada because it was wiped out by a bioplague? I think because the instance of people uh, then includes... um, netrunners and like seeing things like this on their like I, I don't know what they appear as on the mainframe like if it's obvious to other netrunners that they are um you know these special kind of like ais or whatever or if they just show up as like like whether they see like i don't know like bart bart mosses like rogue ai programs or what they see whenever it comes to them but I imagine that like netrunners seeing them, they probably the instinct is to get rid of them and therefore destroy them. And 
So in that case, they probably want to set up around areas that aren't going to have that potential because mm. like uh, they still seem to have like some level of like wants and desires uh, probably, in a, probably in a strange way, but they still obviously want to be left alone. They have like these stronghold civilizations or sanctuaries set up to where they can clump together and like live together. So like they want to, they still want to exist. They still have the desire for life, whatever that means for them. So keeping away from any potential threats of other net runners, um, because like, Yes, Alt can protect a good portion of them, but she can't be everywhere at once, I don't think. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. That's what I this is obviously theoretical. I mean, we they they don't give us enough information about this, I think, that we can give a definitive answer, but I imagine that's probably why. That makes and sense. it's easier to like kind of control the net too, if no one's around to like like no one's around using it. They just kind of have their run of the place. So, because I mean, we see and we like hear about it and it's still strange concept, but the net is like, the net is not a, like a thing. It's a place. It is a location or several locations and they have like structures, like architectural structures to them. So it's like living in a, in a place of building a city of its own. So, but like people come around, people, you know, net runners mess with the architecture, change it up, do things to it, extract information. So like they want to be left alone, best just keep away from things that where people are going to mess with them. So. All right. Some days I, I also want to, some days I also want to just curl up and not have anybody talk to me. So an abandoned city might be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad that like, I kind of actually got an answer to my question. No, that's kind of sick. Yeah. All right. How about we move to a mid break? We've got some fun things to talk about. If you told me that Butt Cheek Beach was a Mario Kart course, I'd believe you. You know how when you're hanging with your buds and the conversation takes a nosedive into vehemently arguing things about fictional worlds that don't matter? Well, Debate This is a show that tries to recapture that magic. The first time we meet Wario, I'm pretty sure, is in the second Mario Game Boy game. And I think his whole shtick is like, he's stealing shit. That doesn't mean he's anti-union time. <laughs> It's like two parts barroom debate, one part show and tell, and one part horrific thought experiment. He is certainly not stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> if anything, Mario is a blue collar worker and he's stealing from Mario. Mario Mario is a centrist and we all know that. Mario is upholding the monarch estate of Mushroom Kingdom. You cannot tell me that Wario is not anti-fascist. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you download podcasts. Yeah, I'm gonna think about Wario being anti-fascist for a while. Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> All right, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything about the show and nothing about the lore. 
Uh, we do have a new patron to welcome in. Thank you so much, Clayton, for signing up at a tier four. Uh, it means that you get to join us at the end of the month for the Patreon chat. Uh, so welcome to the fam. That brings us up to a total of 16 patrons for the month of February. And that makes me super happy. What also has made me happy is that we got a, a new review. And this one is titled Weird Review. Five stars from IGN Unknown via Apple Podcasts here in the United States. Before I even began watching it, I thought of commenting. I hope you guys have read all the shards and computer messages slash emails to create a coherent, easy to follow narrative. What I mean is I hope to hear what's going on between gangs and all the conflicts. I am someone who who loves reading, but reading on a screen is just difficult for me. So I love voice acting in games. I hope you guys are sort of voice acting for all the written lore. I mean, kinda. We go through and we we discuss all of the different information that we have available. I guess we don't necessarily cite every time, like, this is from a shard or this is from, like, a, an email that we get in 2077. But I think we kind of say, like, we got this from the Red Book or the 2020 book. Yeah. It's... I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now ig and unknown um i mean both of us have played the game um i've played it multiple times jen is through like on like her third playthrough third ish um there's a lot of shards and emails so like even reading all of them um there's absolutely no way that that stuff's going to like stick in our memory that we're going to be able to like be like oh yeah this one thing like some of them sure but like it's gonna be a rare mini for the fucking what hundreds thousands of fucking shards and emails that are in this game probably but um it's 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 a significant number um but we will uh, of course um you know if it comes up we think of like a shard or an email that we think it contributes um or anything like that we will of course bring it up uh tell you about it but um you know we're not we're not going to be able to have all that stuff just saved in the databanks unfortunately yeah and then i wish i could be alt cunningham and have like an infinite ai intelligence to be able to do that but if i could google inside my own brain that'd make things so much easier bro I can't even I can't even recall information that I want to recall half the time because my ADHD doesn't like me to have a good memory. So like I'll do my best, but your boy Toasty's smooth brain as fuck. So you know, <laughs> all you're gonna get is my best, buddy. But Aww. I will try my best for you. <laughs> and for all of our listeners, we will do our best to bring you everything cyberpunk related uh, and i definitely think that with our most recent topics it hasn't been much in 2077 because we've been covering the rest of the world i feel like once we get into dividing up the different uh regions within night city then we'll be able to reference a lot more shards and emails and game specific info mm-hmm. uh, the only other thing that i have to go over is metallic dice games 
went and changed their name. You can still go to MetallicDiceGames.com, but they switched up their marketing. They switched up their website a little bit. And now it is FanRollDice.com. Like if you are a fan of rolling dice, you go to FanRollDice. That is F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E.com. And our code is still the same, CPLC, Cyberpunk Lorecast, to get 10% off of your entire order. And that stacks, by the way. If you find a set of dice that is already 20% off or something like that, you can stack our 10% on top of that. Win, win, win. All right. Let's get back into the show and talk more about Alteria Cunningham. So moving on to, you know, a lot of stuff that will probably sound pretty familiar um, because this is the 2077 information. Um, so for anyone who's played the games, you're probably going to probably gonna recognize this. So in 2077, Cunningham was still a very powerful entity on the net. A memorial niche to Alt Cunningham can be found at the Columbarium in Night City. V encountered her after being forced to cross the Black Wall by the Voodoo Boys. While doing so, they revisited Silverhand's memories of Cunningham before her physical death in 2013. The hope of the Voodoo Boys was that Cunningham would reveal herself to a familiar entity from her previous life. I wanted to use Johnny to get her uh, to get her to show herself because, you know, Alts this this the best or the scariest slash coolest thing on the net. Um it doesn't really like work out that well for them, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you have access to one of her connections to the real world, connections to her living past, then heck yeah, you'd use it. I'm trying to think, because like I can't remember what happens if you don't like help the net the net watch dude. Oh, does alt fry them? Does alt fry the? Hold on, I which, think the I think alt fries the voodoo boys. If, but like if you side with the net watch guy, he fries some of them, but then you have to fight your way out. Mm, that makes sense. I ended I up remember. I ended up helping them, the Voodoo Boys. I did I killed the Netrunner, so uh, I can't remember. I know I've done it before, but it's been a minute, so uh, Cunningham recognized the Ingram of Silver Hands and brought him and V to a safe place behind the black wall. She revealed that she is nothing but an image of Alt Cunningham and is not actually her. The rogue AI explained that the Ingram was transferred to the net during the 2013 raid. However, due to Silverhand disconnecting the physical embodiment of Alt Cunningham while she was still in the net, her consciousness was split from the Ingram, leaving her mind stuck in the net while her body and consciousness lay dying in Silverhand's arms. 
The engram kept the image of Alt to keep itself from going insane as any other AI would have in the net over a prolonged period of time, as Mikoshi didn't exist back then to protect engrams from interference. After Silverhand revealed the nature of V's goals, Cunningham did not see the situation as her problem. The two offered to take her to Mikoshi, which was the tech that she would need. The AI explained that if they destroyed Mikoshi, she could try and create an engram of V if they were subjected to be a soul killer program, and then would transfer it back to their body. Doing so would kill V, but allow the engram to be transferred back to their body, allowing their brain to overwrite Silverhand's engram. Which is a really complicated way of saying basically create an engram of V, remove both Johnny and V, and then put V back in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's what you got to do, but that really is, I mean, it, it doesn't, as we know, it doesn't matter at the end. Right? <laughs> Not really. But uh, so, um, you get to the kind of end portion of the game and you do have the choice of uh, using Alt's help in order to get to Mikoshi. Um, you know, this is a choice that you can make. Um, I guess I don't, I don't think I've ever been aware this is a choice I could make because I've always done it. I realize like, I've used Alt's help every time and I don't recall a point where I could say no, but I don't know. Well, how do you get the, how do you get that? Well, one, if you go suicide ending, then you don't need alt's help at all. Right. Um, but two, how do you get the actual Arasaka ending where you go up and have them remove it in the space station? Oh, um, I guess, yeah, you wouldn't use her in that. Um, but I mean, how do you get it? I think it's just the default one. Mm. Like, there's the base in the the base no. endings are that and suicide. So, and not not how do you unlock it to be able to use, but like how do you make that as your decision? Oh, I I mean, I did it one time to like see, but I that's a I don't like it yeah so i've never i never did it again um i did it the one time because i was like you know of course you go through all of them because you're like well i wonder you know how each one ends you know but that one was like i did the one time and that was it because it's uh sad yeah it's personally just hard to watch like it's it's easier to see V do this like the suicide ending and watch all the people be super upset than to watch the Arasaka ending and him like them losing their mind. Yeah. Like that's harder to watch. <clears throat> no, I watched um I watched a few of them uh, when doing romance research, I needed to watch like all of what their final versions of their emails are, and they're heartbreaking. Like the "please come back to me" ones. Mm. Oof. 
No. Anyways, let's move on. We're going to get help from Alt and get at least a semi-happy ending. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so if you do use Alt's help going into Mikoshi, um, upon getting control over Arasaka Tower, Cunningham killed all employees within the area of Mikoshi and warned that an elite soldier was on his way to intercept V. Elite soldier, of course, being Adam Smasher. <clears throat> we know that. Uh, Cunningham destroyed the Mikoshi, Mikoshi subspace and forced all of the occupants to merge with her, members of the Secure Your Soul program, as well as victims of Soul Killer. Now, the Secure Your Soul, of course, being like the people that volunteered to do this. Um, mm -hmm. Once at the Mikoshi access point, she instructed V to pull in and submerge themselves so they would not fry. The AI tried to use the soul killer on V to ensure they were put back in their body. However, she mentioned she could not repair the damage done to V's body and that they would only have six months to live. As for Silverhand, the body would accommodate his psyche without issue. She asked whoever would remain should go back with her beyond the black wall. So this is where we then have the decision who gets to keep the body. V, mm -hmm. who only has another six months or so to use it, but is rightfully theirs because it's their freaking body. Or Johnny, who will be able to live out for God knows how many more years after this. Yeah. See, so obviously this is getting into like, you know, less. it's going to be less about alt right now, but yeah. But the thing I've always wondered is like, what's the, what's the point of Johnny getting the body, right? Like, <clears throat> like, I guess if you like are playing a character that like, you know, like, feels like 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 has like a lot of empathy you know for johnny who like got killed like way before like i guess you would would think is is his time but like otherwise like there's not really any point beyond maybe that i mean johnny ain't got no one left <laughs> um he's i mean He's not gonna be Johnny Silverhand anymore. Like, nope. like he can go and he can play his music and he can, you know, try to like still kind of be Johnny, but he's not. And I don't think he's gonna ever have that same impact that he did whenever he was. Um, yeah, it's like that's it's, i don't like i don't see the point like he like what the johnny ending he goes off takes a bus and heads off who knows where right no i i struggle yes i struggle to see why giving up the body to johnny unless you role play it out like your v didn't want to be alive anymore anyways yeah you know there are ways to make it fit but I think the best way is for V to stay in the body and then depending on which direction you want to go, either going with the Aldecaldos or staying in Night City, 
that one is completely up to you, but um, I think that there's a way. There's gotta be a way. I don't know. What's preventing me from getting an android body? If I'm already an engram that's been taken out of my own head and then put back in, what's stopping me from doing it again into a different body? Yeah, I don't... Like, you're an engram. I don't... Like... I always, yeah, that was the thing. It was like, also that, like, if the damage is done to the body, just fix the body. Like, I know Alt can't. She's an AI. Of course, she can't fix the body. Right. You're like, you could replace things. Like, there's, there's, there's cyberware or bioware or uh, synthetic variations of literally everything. In Edge Runners, we see David gets his lungs taken out and replaced with synthetic lungs. Like, like just take out the, like, take the, the engram of V, put it on a, on a fixed chip, uh, and then like just fix the damage, replace the brain with a better brain place the parts that are damaged and then just install the chip right hands up in the air why haven't we thought of this before and maybe that's what v's out there doing you know if if they're out there cruising around with pan am they are looking for a way to do this or if they're staying there in night city then maybe that's why they had to go up to the crystal palace you know who knows uh and Hopefully we get to find out. Hopefully yeah. we get I mean, maybe closer. it's like a Cyberpunk 2 thing or something. Either a 2 thing or maybe we'll get answers in Phantom Liberty. It all depends on when that data frame is set. Or data frame. When that expansion pack is set for. Is it in-game yep. or is it post-game? Right. So... Yeah. That's about it for all. She is really pretty and totally badass. Mad respect for her. And if she were able to inhabit a physical body and Johnny was able to keep the body, I would think that maybe I would give them a second shot. But I don't know. I don't think I don't think Alt would want to live in a in a flesh again. I think she's too ingrained in the net. I don't even think it's a. I I don't even think it's like a. She doesn't want to. I think it's just that she lacks the desire for anything at this point. Because yeah. like, I mean, she even said that like she's like even Johnny asking like that's the only reason is like that like faintest trace of like something that still kind of felt for Johnny, but that's really it. Like she didn't see things as her problem she actually didn't even know i don't even think it was her helping actually i take that back it wasn't even like it was like the faintest bit of john like something for johnny that like saved them enough to talk to her but like Mm -hmm. it was her like a goal of like helping those like programs in mikoshi find us like a safe place like like bringing them into 
like her like her sanctuary essentially that was that was her like reason for doing right. that for helping so she she makes it pretty clear that's like she isn't alt she is an ai like or an in, like an engram of alt left over so like she doesn't have emotions in the same way mm-hmm. so All right. Well, then on that note, let us wrap it up for the night. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore and visit us on Patreon.com slash Cyberpunk Lorecast. You can also find me as the co-host of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. February is a big month for us, so... Keep your eyes peeled on the feed. And if uh, you are interested in The Witcher at all, um, February is not as interesting a month for us, but we do have some interesting episodes planned. Um, You know, Monday's episode, I have set up uh, a very interesting bestiary uh, episode. Um, and then if you want to listen uh, to our patron chat monster dating show that we're going to be doing at the end of the yes. month that Jen will be on, um, definitely go check that. Check out the Witcher Lorecast. Um, and, you know, you're here, you're a fan of Cyberpunk. You might also be a fan of uh, Cyberpunk Red Actual Play Podcast, Cyberpunked, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D that I do with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. And of course, a huge shout out to Miracle of Sound. The theme music that we play on this podcast is Neon Red, the industrial remix, Synthwave, Cyberpunk. Uh, It's amazing. Go listen to the full version. Go listen to the lyrical version. Uh, Go watch the vids. He did uh, like an Edge Runner version of it where it's got like David and Lucy running around on the, on the YouTube video. Yeah. Miracle of sound. Amazing. And while you're out there, always remember, stay safe in night city. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 